0: the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast. I'm Dr. Millicent Rovello, and I am here today with my co-host, Dr. Jake Calvert.
1: Dr. Millicent Rovello, That's how me. are you?
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm really good, actually. You've been
1: running around like a nut today.
0: I've been running around like a nut and I don't know how much I've actually accomplished. I just feel like I'm like <laughs> spinning my wheels. A
1: lot of lot of motion, but maybe not so much right. forward motion.
0: Like, you know when you just have so much work to do that you'd rather just like run around than actually do the work? Yes. <laughs> that's, that was me today. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, you got a lot of people here, and that's good. Um, you know, we've got a, it's been a pretty busy summer, I gotta say.
0: Yeah, it has been. Summer usually is pretty busy. We have the kids out of school. We have people on vacation. So, summer is sort of when we ramp up. And then we hit September and it's just like a hard stop, just all like skids down. Right. Because everybody
1: goes back to school. <laughs> everyone's and back to school. Everyone's busy. Yeah. yeah. I've been, I've been facelifting everybody lately.
0: You know, you gotta get those faces up.
1: I know, we gotta, <laughs> <laughs> you do. Uh, I, I just, you know, the fellows started, the new fellows. And, uh, you know, I think Dr. Stepien was wondering where are the rhinoplasties that he heard so much about because we seem to be doing facelifts every other minute.
0: Give them the time. Yeah, they're, they're the coming. rhinoplasties will come. <laughs> Don't you, work. <Bert. laughs> young Stepian, They're but coming. that's not what we're talking about today. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. Actually, today, we are going to be talking about aesthetic breast reconstruction uh, and its limits and its challenges, because this is a tough one. This is where things get really challenging and frustrating, both for the patients and for the surgeons.
1: Yeah, I mean, aesthetic breast reconstruction, I think you said, like... All breast reconstru- reconstruction should be considered Aesthetic, aesthetic breast right. reconstruction like, re- it like we're trying
0: to make it look nice Yeah, there shouldn't be like a non-aesthetic breast <laughs> reconstruction Because <laughs> otherwise in there and that's it. Yeah, what are we doing? So the idea, and, it's, and maybe it's a catchphrase Maybe it's just a marketing scam But the idea is that aesthetic breast reconstruction Is that you're really doing your best And bringing in techniques from the aesthetic world And just an aesthetic eye to breast reconstruction But that's what it should be all along I mean, it's not just yeah. about creating a mound of a breast It should be about Making it look As nice as possible
1: Yeah, you know want like I get it Through the operation And the patient's like What is this? I wanted it to look like a breast mm-hmm. And then they say Oh, you wanted an aesthetic Aesthetic. breast Ah, reconstruction. That's
0: different. You didn't say that. You got to say that to us. No. No, No, that's that's not not how how it
1: works. (laughs) We make really nice-looking breasts the best we can, but there are limitations. There
0: are limitations. And part of this whole concept of aesthetic breast reconstructions is plastic surgeons really going above and beyond, trying to make it look as nice as possible, and patients really starting to expect amazing results because our techniques have improved, our devices have improved. So we really have come a long way over the past 15-20 years in being able to make these breast reconstructions way more aesthetic than they used to be, you know, 20, 30 years ago. But with that has come some unrealistic expectations On the patient's part, because they are seeing what's out there, they're seeing what's available, they're seeing the Instagram posts, they're seeing the websites, and they just assume a lot of times that that's what they are going to be able to achieve.
1: But not so, because every case of breast reconstruction is different
0: totally different. This is where the most differences could probably possibly abound in a plastic surgery reconstruction. Because going back to the very basic reason of why we're here is this patient has breast cancer, or they have a gene that predisposes them to having breast cancer. So at baseline, they are starting out with a disease process, and that disease process is gonna vary widely amongst everyone. Some patients have very, very small cancer that barely needs any kind of surgery. Some patients have a very aggressive advanced cancer that's going to require the whole book of treatments to be thrown at it, from chemotherapy to radiation to mastectomies. So every disease process is going to be very unique to the patient. So that's number one. Number two is that every patient is gonna come with a totally different breast from any other patient. And so the breasts themselves are unique. So now you're combining a unique disease process with a unique breast and that makes every single reconstruction totally different. So you can't always just go online and look at someone's pictures and assume, hey, even just because I look like that person, I'm gonna have that result because your cancer treatment may be different. Uh, and it's just, it's, it's really hard to compare apples and oranges and it's really frustrating, especially when the patients come in and they're like, oh, my, my friend had cancer and she had this surgery and that's what I want. It's like, well, that, that may or may not work for you.
1: Yeah. And it has to be custom tailored for all the reasons you mentioned. And there, there is no one size fits all in breast reconstruction.
0: There really, really isn't. And there are places where things kind of start to break down a little bit, and where they get a little bit tricky. The first one, I'll kind of just go through them. The first one that happens is when uh, my breast surgeons are going to hate me for this. When a patient comes in and <laughs> says, "You know, I have a breast cancer on one side, and we're going to do a unilateral breast reconstruction or breast mastectomy," which means that they are only going to do a mastectomy on the side that has cancer, which is. 100% reasonable, and it makes sense because that's the side that has cancer. And I kind of go, okay, because it makes my job so much easier if we can do them both. But that's not always indicated.
1: Right, because you know the, the, the truth is, is if you do an implant reconstruction, let's say, for the unilateral, the, the one-sided breast cancer that's, let's say it's just excised, mastectomy, No radiation needed. You're going to get some kind of oral chemotherapy, and we're going to put an implant in. No matter what, that side is always going to look like an implant, and the breast side that is untouched is going to look like a breast. It's
0: going to look like a breast. And we can do procedures called symmetrizing procedures, and that's where we lift the non-cancer side. We can put an implant in on that side. We can reduce that side. We can do something to the other side to make it look a little bit more symmetric to the side that's had a mastectomy and has an implant in it.
1: Or well, we can do another mastectomy and have them look the and same. And
0: have them look actually symmetric.
1: Yeah, they can look really similar. And, that, and that that's is, the key. I mean,
0: that is can the key? we not just do that? You really just can't. because, And this is where I get frustrated. <laughs> Why not? Because... There are breast surgeons who just don't want to do that. They say it increases your risks unnecessarily by adding another side. It's not indicated. It's not warranted. Then the other problem that I've had at some of the hospitals I work with is that there is actually a governing body out there that evaluates and rates the um, proficiency of breast cancer institutions. And one of the ratings they look at, one of their metrics is their ratio of unilateral to bilateral mastectomies or mastectomies to breast conservation therapies. They really are trying to get away from just doing mastectomies on every patient that has cancer and they do not want them to do the contralateral side if it isn't indicated. And it's like a ding on the institution if they're doing a lot of bilateral mastectomies that aren't indicated for cancer reasons. Yes, doctor, you have a question. I have a question. (laughs) I'm
1: I'm raising my hand over here. Do you see this? I see that. Thank you. My question is, who said, and I know the answer, by the way, so Mm -hmm. this is a rhetorical question, and it's going to get into a very, very political thing, so I'm just going to ask it anyway. Who said that breast conservation therapy is better than doing a mastectomy?
0: Uh, nobody said it was better. We have studies that show it is equivalent in terms of overall survival of the patient.
1: Fine. Fine. <laughs> okay. But it's not better. And so why should you be dinged for doing mastectomies, which in my book, and this is my opinion, Bernie Fisher, who did the studies in Pittsburgh on doing breast conservation of Lumpectomy and radiation versus mastectomy. Yes, maybe, maybe that data is okay. Maybe, maybe it's not. But maybe it's okay that it's equivalent. But I don't think in terms of your overall quality of life and your overall satisfaction with your reconstruction and the overall aesthetics, and, and I, I would go to the mat on the data about that it's equivalent, because of what I've seen, and maybe it's just what I've seen, maybe there's plenty of people who've gotten mastectomies that have had rip-roaring awful recurrences, but I sure know a bunch who've gotten breast conservation therapy and had rip-roaring recurrences.
0: Yes, but what they're saying is that the recurrence number is going to be higher in a breast conservation patient because they still have breast tissue, but the overall survival is the same. But look at, let's look yeah. at the quality of life. So yeah. now you've got
1: to do another round of reconstruction. you got to get another round of cancer treatment. And your breast doesn't look good.
0: I, I agree. I mean, you're preaching to the choir here. I'm just telling you the reasons that sometimes surgeons or institutions don't push for a mastectomy or they don't push for the contralateral side to be done they say that unless there is a genetic susceptibility or a family history which increases your risk of breast cancer there is no reason to do the opposite side and then there are some breast surgeons out there who are like if that's what you want let's do it we'll find we'll make it work so that is where we're talking about aesthetic breast reconstruction i today. know but
1: like you know <laughs> that just like it, it like if you want to get know. an aesthetic breast reconstruction how about like Doing, you know, there never mind. I'm just, you know, I'm yeah. going to shut up because I'm just a plastic surgeon <laughs> and nobody should ask me anything about anything except for plastic surgery.
0: That being said, it's much easier to obtain symmetry if you do a bilateral mastectomy. Yes. The exception to that is a patient who is very thin and who has very small breast tissue or very little breast tissue in that patient. I can do a mastectomy on one side and put an implant in, put another implant in on the opposite side, and they look relatively symmetric because that opposite side has very little breast tissue to start out with. Where it starts to get really hairy is when you have the patient that has a very large breast or they themselves are a large individual. And now you are asking for the near impossible to get an absent breast with an implant reconstruction to look anything like a double D breast that has you know, some ptosis and that is hanging and that is loose and that is large, impossible. Yeah. Yes, can we get them to look the same in bras? Absolutely, and that used to be the standard. Well, at least if you look okay in a bra, then we've done our job. But we want better than that. We want to look better than just okay in a bra. We want them to look good. And so that's where... It's helpful to do a bilateral because you can get better symmetry or, then we're going to get a little more complicated here, do an autologous reconstruction where you use your own body tissues to reconstruct the one side because using your own skin and fat and body tissues can give you a better symmetry to a natural breast on the other side.
1: For sure. And the, the, you know, what you're talking about are the, you know, D I E P flaps, these, uh, you know, deep inferior epigastric artery flaps, where you take the, it's a microsurgical procedure where you're transferring tissue from the abdomen to the chest and hooking up the blood vessels so that tissue that was living on your, Extra belly stuff mm-hmm. can now live up in the chest wall and be a breast, right. and be, and be and that's and a breast, and that it looks good.
0: Beautiful procedure, has really good results. It's a big investment up front. It's a big deal surgery, a long recovery. Um, but if you're a good candidate for it, and that's something that is important to you, and you're not doing anything to the opposite side, which is a large natural breast, then that is a great, great option.
1: It is, and and it works, and especially which I think we're getting to next. In patients that are going to have radiation, oh,
0: I just I hate that word so much. <laughs> I hate it as soon as I hear it coming out of someone's mouth. I'm like, oh gosh, the radiation. It, it's awful. It is just awful.
1: It's it's helpful in cancer treatment, <sighs> that's for sure.
0: It you know it does the job. Radiation is designed to treat. Potential local recurrences. So, any little cancer cell that may have escaped from the breast and has traveled through the skin or is heading towards the lymph nodes that has not been removed by the mastectomy, the radiation's gonna fry it and snag it and prevent future recurrences or future metastases. And it does a really good job of that. And there is a reason why people get it. Usually, it's patients that already have metastases to the lymph nodes or patients that have a very large, aggressive cancer in the breast are patients that are going to need radiation after a mastectomy the problem with radiation the problem with radiation is that it's really good for killing cancer unfortunately it also kills everything else in its path and that includes the skin it includes the remaining fat and soft tissue below the skin most importantly it includes the blood vessels so the blood yes. vessels that so you know supply blood to the remaining tissues are severely compromised. And it's not like your skin's going to shrivel up and die. There's enough blood supply to keep your skin alive. Where you don't have enough blood supply is when you start putting in something like a foreign body, like an implant. Now you're really asking a lot of those compromised tissues to heal that wound, to keep the implant happy, to prevent possible infections, and the complication rate of just keeping an implant in that place goes way up. And that doesn't even begin to start addressing the cosmetic outcome of a radiated breast.
1: Yeah, because I mean the tissues get firm, they get they're toasted. I mean they are they fried.
0: They are they are fried. And historically the rule of thumb was that if you've had radiation, that's kind of a contraindication to an implant reconstruction. It is for me and you can sur- and and there are, now, there's different options <laughs> and know. things there um, one of the options is to use a latissimus flap which rotates some muscle from the back and then you put an implant under that and it's happy but it's a big scar on your back and i have patients years out that are still having problems with pain and discomfort at that site the Absolutely. best option here is that deep flap that we mentioned earlier have your mastectomy, you get your radiation, and then you go on to get a fully autologous reconstruction where there's no implant involved and you build a breast out of the skin and soft tissue. In that situation, what I argue for is doing the mastectomy. At the time of your mastectomy, I'm going to put in a tissue expander, which is basically an empty implant. I put it over the muscle, which serves as a protection the muscle from the future radiation and it stretches out the overlying skin so that when the patient then goes on to get radiation the skin is stretched out, it's at a nice size, it's not going to shrivel up and shrink and scar down to the chest wall because there's literally a spacer and the underlying muscle is protected from the radiation damage because it's the damage to the muscle that causes tightness afterwards that causes problems with even just pain and discomfort because that muscle has gotten really shriveled up in the radiation as well so i put this tissue expander in it serves as a protection it serves as a spacer then they wait there nine to 12 months after radiation is complete and then we can come back and talk about what your final formal reconstruction options are some patients sail through the radiation their skin looks great and we'll have a discussion maybe we can just put an implant in and sometimes that actually works okay Or we say, you know what, let's talk about getting you to someone that does these deep flaps, because that's probably going to be what you need. And you have this healthy-ish skin and wound bed that we can send you. So And
1: you and and I have hung up our microsurgery.
0: Oh, yes. No, I don't don't do those. But I know some amazing surgeons (laughs) that do, and I'm happy to send you to them. um, Because the radiation combined with an implant is a problem. Now, that being said, I do have plenty of patients that have implants with a history of radiation, and what is the problem there? That implant is going to sit higher, and it's going to sit tighter than a more cosmetic or natural implant would, and it can have a higher risk of capsular contracture, which is when the capsule surrounding the implant becomes really hard and firm. But even in the absence of capsular contracture, that implant's going to sit higher and it's going to sit tighter than any other implant I'm going to put on the other side. Even if the other side has had a mastectomy and has an implant reconstruction, it's not going to look the same as the radiated breast.
1: No, and, and I've done you know, a fair number of these because they wind up, you know, come to me for something else and then they say like, oh, doctor, you know, can you fix this? And it's like, Mm, it's radiation. Ew, it's it's a problem. It's, you know, radiation just, it just spoils the day when it comes uh, to breast reconstruction. It's not its not good. But it is good for cancer treatment. So don't say, oh, well, I don't want radiation. But, yeah. you know, you have to get it if you've got to get it. If it's recommended, you do it. But I will tell you that it makes the reconstruction hard. One of the big weapons that I employ, which I heard you talking about today, against radiation is fat grafting.
0: I do. I'm a big fan of fat grafting. It works. It works. And fat grafting is when you harvest your own fat from the body through liposuction techniques, and then you wash it and you inject it right back into the area of radiation. And the idea is really not so much to provide volume, although it can provide a little bit of volume. The idea is that that actual fat has... We call them stem cells. They're not actual stem cells, but they kind of act like stem cells. They rejuvenate the tissues where there's been damage by radiation. And you can actually see it under a microscope. You can see those blood vessels that after radiation were very scarred down, had poor blood supply, were in small number. You layer some fat grafting in that area and come back three, six months later, you actually have new blood vessels growing, mm-hmm. and the ones that you see are happier, they're not as scarred down, and it serves to really soften up the tissues and kind of mitigate that radiation damage. I had a lady that I did fat grafting onto her breast, and then we we're supposed to come back and put an implant in afterwards. And scheduling issues she kind of got lost to follow-up she ended up coming back like nine months later and she had a totally different breast from when i had first put the fat grafting in i was like oh my gosh this breast is amazing it's soft it's supple i can definitely put an implant into this breast now so fat grafting works not all the time sometimes you need a couple rounds but it is a good uh, alternative adjuvant solution to that radiated damaged tissue
1: absolutely and it it does exactly what you're talking about, where it does rejuvenate the overlying skin. I, you know, I'm not going to go and say it repairs radiation damage, no. but it does prepare the breast. It, yeah. it improves the situation. It gets it to be softer, and I see a lot of good results with that. And then you can do something about the implant or placing an implant. Right. So I, I'm I'm a huge fan of fat grafting in the setting of radiation. Um, right. Sometimes it can get. Sometimes it doesn't go great. Sometimes you get a little bit of fat necrosis where the fat yeah. dies in the radiated field and you get little, little lumps. kind of hard balls of, mm-hmm. of yeah. scar tissue. That does happen. You know, n- nothing in surgery is without complications, nothing. So, you know, we, we have to always, you know, weigh the risks, benefits, you know, and the potential complications f- for doing these things so you can decide whether or not this is a good idea for you because it's, right. it, it is an individual choice. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. And so that's, that's radiation and it's, it's a hard, it's a hard one to accept. And I, I have several patients that are unilateral reconstructions with implants. One's been radiated. Then they have a natural breast on the other side that we've tried to do some symmetry on or lifts and, and implants and they are my most unsatisfied patients, and rightfully so. And totally, some, they just they have a hard time understanding why can't this breast look like this breast.
1: Yep, and it's just it's I, never going Why do I look like happen. the Instagram patient?
0: Yeah, I, I do, and then they pull up my own Instagrams, and they're like, "I want to look like this patient." <laughs>
1: It's yeah, it's not a catalog, you know. Yeah, it's like those Instagram patients are case examples.
0: And by the way, they're like the best results. <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean that's pretty much what we that's show. The deal. I mean, we don't sit there and go like, you know, I kind of got a B plus on this one. You know, we we want to show what's possible. Yeah. But then you know you have to temper that with like reality, and and you know maybe we should show the.
0: And so I do, great. I sometimes do yeah. show like
1: B plus results and I, I wasn't happy with this and I'm doing that. And, and I try to do more of that because I think that is the reality of surgery. That
0: is the reality. Not everyone is going to be the A plus. No, so it's not how bell curves work. No, it's not. Yeah.
1: And, and then, you know, and I just think, you know, if you're, if you're really a, want to be a helpful patient in your, in your operation, you need to understand what is possible and what's not.
0: Right. Right. Easier said than done. But yes. And then the last thing I'm going to touch on, and this is one that I I struggle with because I don't really know how to to say it without hurting anyone's feelings.
1: (laughs) I know it's coming. (sighs) I'm ready.
0: The obese patient is really, really, really challenging in breast reconstruction. And this is where it gets hard. Um, regardless of radiation, regardless of unilateral versus bilateral, an obese patient is a hard breast reconstruction patient. They are um, sometimes not candidates for this autologous reconstruction that we talked about because if you have a very large abdomen Uh and you have a BMI over 45, over 40, a lot of microvascular surgeons are not going to do a microvascular autologous reconstruction on you. So BMI even stands for a body, body mass, mass index, index,
1: which is basically your height, height and versus weight. your weight.
0: Yeah. And the complication profile goes up for these autologous reconstructions with higher BMIs. And so even though you would be best served with an autologous reconstruction because maybe you have a very natural large breast on the other side, you're not a candidate for it because you're just not you're not the the bmi is too high
1: just no it's
0: just not an option and then if we're talking about doing an implant reconstruction there are two challenges with an implant reconstruction in a higher bmi patient number 1 there's a higher risk of infection and complications we do Definitely. have these studies that show that the only factor that influences complications after plastic surgery are elevated BMIs. And it's a linear association. The higher the BMI, the higher you are of having complications. And in breast reconstruction, that's usually um, seromas or fluid collections around the implant and infections and then loss of the implant. And it does happen. It definitely happens. And if you have diabetes on top of it, then that goes up even higher. So then the the number one compli- number one problem with obesity and breast reconstruction is infection with the implant. The second one, it relates to the aesthetics because with an implant reconstruction, we are limited by the available devices out there. Right now, the largest implant that they make that I could put in a patient is 800 cc's. If you are very large, and you have a lot of soft tissue and fat between your ribs and your chest wall and your skin, that 800cc implant is going to disappear in your breast (laughs) pocket. It gets
1: swallowed up. Because the only way... It's so true.
0: It's so true. So if you think about a breast, whether it's a skinny patient or a large patient, in order to have a breast look like a breast, it has to project out from the body. It has to come away from the body. And if you have a layer that's You know six 12 inches thick already between your chest wall and your skin and then you try and get even more projection away from that with an implant to look like a breast we don't have devices that do that they don't come that big and i have done that i have patients on the or table where i put that 800 cc implant in and everyone goes (laughs) hmm where'd it go you can't even see it you can't even tell that there's an implant in which
1: which is shocking when that happens and it does happen i've been there I, you know, you hear, oh, you're going to put an 800 in. Oh, I can't wait to see this. It's like, it's I need actually an 1800. Do we have those? We don't. We don't. They don't make them.
0: Right. So you're not going to get a round, projected, perky, implant-looking look. You're going to get a little bit of volume. A little bit of something you can put in a bra, but it's not going to be a, an no. implant look by any stretch of the imagination, nope. because it's just the aesthetics there are really, really challenging to to make a, a, a breast look like a breast.
1: Yeah. I mean, like those things that we've talked about are sort of the big limiting factors. And, and I think that's why I, I think it's important that we have this discussion basically so that the patients can say... Oh, so wait. So I'm not like every other Instagram model, you know. You're not. You're, you're you, and they're them. And, and it's by the apples way, and oranges. You
0: have cancer, and this yes. is not a cosmetic breast augmentation.
1: But it is a cosmetic breast reconstruction, reconstruction and we are going to m- use everything we got in our you know magic qu- quiver of arrows and and all the silver bullets that we can muster to get the best possible result but it may not live up to the expectations of the you know the breast augmentation done in a 24 year old who you know doesn't isn't fighting cancer and isn't having right. you know a single side and has you know some breast tissue to cover like there's right. there's so many things that make for beautiful breast augmentations that have not anything to do Dude, with, with doing breast reconstruction.
0: reconstruction oh my gosh we haven't even talked about nipples yet <laughs>
1: Maybe we'll have a nipple podcast. Oh, a nipple podcast. We can't keep going on this one. We can't
0: because now, yeah, and just in brief, nipples can be preserved after a mastectomy or they can be taken. Sometimes they have to be taken for cancer purposes. Sometimes if the nipples are looking at the ground and it's a large breast, they just can't be preserved. Or if you try to preserve nipples, but they're not in a great position, guess what? They're still not going to be in a great position after surgery. And you can't just do a lift after a mastectomy because blood supply and, and so many reasons we'll do nipples later
1: <laughs> that's and, and, a whole nother thing for that, nipple, for that nipple podcast i have a nipple story for you that is going to make you go no way <laughs> it's really a good one but we're the not Spurs. doing it today so stay tuned stay tuned stay tuned sports I'm excited. fans excited <laughs> it's a good one. Oh, oh you'll be like
0: what
1: <laughs> yeah so it's a good one
0: so there you have it, folks. That was, um, that was not a satisfying podcast because I felt like we just laid out all of the frustrations. Um, but I think it was important just to know that, yes, there are limitations and it's not always going to be symmetric and it may not always be perfect or even great. But gosh, Rainer, we certainly do our best.
1: That's for sure.
0: And that's it. I think that's all for today. Stay tuned for the nipple podcast coming. (laughs) Otherwise, this is the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast coming to you from the 90210.
1: If you like what you heard on the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast and want to get in touch with either Dr. Ravello or myself...